How many of you like getting new things? Would you raise your hand? What is your favorite thing to get that's new? Is it shoes? How many of you are big shoe fanatics, right? So I have one of those in my house. Uh, my son Josh is kind of a shoe guy. So how many pairs of Vans do you have, Josh? Nine? And that's not counting old. Those are n- newer, like ones that he's currently wearing. Uh, and some of you are golf fans. Have you noticed how technology keep You have to get the new club, the new, right, the new putter. That So my thing, I don't know if you knew this, is fishing. So last year, my lovely wife, who's very wise, bought me an Avid two-speed SX uh, fishing reel. So do you know what that is? So you know how bikes have gears? My fishing reel has gears. So I can switch into a different gear. When the fish thinks it's winning, I go click, not so much. Right? We like getting new stuff. Now, sometimes we in the church, we go, well, that's consumerism, that's materialism, that's all wrong. But there's something in a human being that likes new something, right? Now, sometimes we go way too far in our culture, but I don't know if you noticed this, but in Scripture, new things is a huge theme. So I want to show you a couple of those verses. Lamentations 3, and we'll put them up on the screen, says... His compassions never fail. They are, what, new every morning. And if we look in Ephesians, we put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And I love this, 2 Corinthians 5. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. Wow. The old has gone. The new is here. And check out this one in Revelation He who is seated on the throne says, Behold, I am making everything new. Did you know we're actually designed to desire new beginnings? There's something in a human being that gets bored if there's nothing new. There's something in you that wants that next new thing. It's part of what wakes you up in the morning is the potential of something tomorrow, something today that will be new, that will be different. This place where we're sitting right now feels great. It's new to us. Now, that will wear off over time. But this new beginning is a picture of something even greater. This building is, is awesome. I love it here. And this is a picture of something much more important than a building. God wants to do something new in you. Do you believe it? He honestly, seriously, like biblically, scripturally, spiritually, meaningfully wants to do something in you that's brand new. You may be not even believing it. You may be not looking for it. You may be bored out of your mind. The Lord is not. He is looking at you right now going, I have a new thing for Peter. I have a new thing for Jennifer. I'm going to do this new thing in you. The question is, are we going to see it? Are we going to notice it? Are we going to be on board with it? Or are we going to be like, yeah, right? How about if we stand up as we read some words uh, from Scripture? And I want us to read these all together, and I'll lead us. This is from Isaiah chapter 43. One, two, three. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. 
See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Lord, would you open up your words to us this morning and teach us what they mean? Amen. You can be seated, everybody. Did you notice how it says, forget the former things? How many of you are kind of forgetful? Okay. This, it's interesting what, in the context, he means. He says, forget the former things. And then if we go back two verses, he tells us what former things he means. And notice this. It says, he who made a way through the sea, who drew out the chariots and horses, and they lay there never to rise again. This is talking about the exodus. The children of Israel. How many of you remember Charlton Heston leading the children of Israel? Right? Well, maybe it was Moses, but we know that he looked just like Charlton Heston. And he led the children of Israel out, and right, along, right next to the Red Sea was the greatest miracle, right, in Israel's history. So the Egyptians come in, and they get wiped out. And the people move forward saying, look at how powerful our God is. Look at how loving our God is. And then Isaiah says, I want you to forget that. What? What in the world is he talking about? Here's what he's talking about. This was 700 years after that moment. And it was a beautiful miracle. A wonderful, amazing thing. But the people were still living in the past. They were saying, remember that? Remember that they probably had Exodus t-shirts that they wore to commemorate that great... That was their golden era. And they said, well, you know, that, that, was the, that is the point, right, of our whole existence. Those were their glory days, and they had stopped expecting something new from the Lord. They were coasting. And the prophet called it out. And the Lord called it out, and he said, forget that time to move on now because the Lord wants to do a new thing. So how about you? As you sit there, you're an individual, you're sitting here in a crowd, but really you're sitting before the Lord. How long has it been since he did something new in you? Does it feel like 700 years? Have you forgotten what it even feels like for God to be active and moving and changing stuff in you? Here's another question. Do you miss the glory days? Sometimes as Christians, sometimes as people, we look back and we go, you know, that, you know, the 80s, man, that was it. Or, or, we, or we look back at a church experience or a ministry experience or a time when, man, I was committed to prayer. I was, you know, I was fasting. I was doing this with the Lord and that was my glory days and I want to get back there. There is no going back there. There is gone. You can celebrate it. You can remember it. You can build, your your faith can be built by what God has already done, right? But he wants to do a new thing. Don't confine the Lord in this little box of what he has already done. Don't say, well, that's how God works. Is he finished in your life? Is he finished in our city? So one of my favorite verses is Philippians 1, 6, and it says, 
he who began a good work in you will be faithful to what? Complete it. He ain't done yet. I'm just saying. He ain't done with you, Frank. Thank the Lord. Right? He has, he has beautiful works ahead for each of us. He wants to do a new thing in each of us. But God is not in the business of recreating our past. We've got to let that go. It's just that he is not in that business. And he is making all things new. And last time I checked, you are part of all things. You're not excluded from all things. It says forget the former things. So is there something in your past that you could change? If You would want to change if you could. That's pretty much true of all of us, right? For some of us, that thing that we wish was different continues to shape us now. It does. That thing somehow continues to have an effect, continues to have an influence, continues to color how I see the world, continues to to shape how I see me, continues to shape my relationship with God. If that was only different than this, if, if that hadn't happened than that, well, that's just who I am. That's just what, how I was raised. That's just the... Forget the former things is what the Lord wants to say to you right now. Step into what he has that's new for you. Sometimes we get excuses and we, just, we start living in that past world. And we are not defined by that. A believer in Christ is not defined by where we have been. We're defined by where we're going. And who we're going with. A Christ one is a Christian. If I'm a Christ one, I'm walking with him. And that is about where I'm going, not where I have been. 2,000 years ago, what did people wear on their feet? Vans? No. They wore sandals, right? So, kind of gross to only wear sandals every day forever, right? What would your sandals probably pick up over time? some dirt, some mud, some other unspeakable things that are along the road that is traveled by donkeys, camels, and horses. Am I right? So your feet are collecting stuff all the time, and it is from where you have been. Not from where you're going, but from where you have been. So if you go over to your friend's house, and it's a good house, and they honor you, and they love you, you know what they're going to do? They're going to wash those feet. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to scrub off where you've been. Because where you've been doesn't belong in where you are. Because it's gross and it's dirty and it's kind of, right? It's going to pollute. That residue is going to pollute the holiness of this moment. That you're going to be with your friends. That you're going to fellowship together and enjoy each other. And so they want to get rid of that. Do you see the spiritual truth here? We all are carrying stuff with us from where we have been. And the Lord wants to clean that. And he wants to say, you don't need that residue anymore. I want to wipe you clean. I want to make you new. I want to move you into this new season without all that junk from the road that you have traveled. Amen? Verse 19, back to our verse, it says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. And then this next line is interesting. Do you not perceive it? That word means to recognize it or to know the source. 
Did you know that it's really, 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 really possible to miss what God's doing? He could be at work all around you. He could be at work in you, and you might not even perceive it. He's doing a new thing. He may already be doing a new thing in you, and you're completely oblivious to it. You have no idea that this is even happening. There are a lot of people in our, in our lives. There are some of you sitting here that you see the things happening, but you do not see God in the things that are happening. And sometimes you might say, well, you know, that's just a coincidence. Well, that's not God. That's, you know, that, I, don't, I don't believe that. A, a wise man once said that when I pray, coincidences happen, and when I don't, they don't. That's wisdom. You can take that home with you. So there are things that God does in our lives that we don't even notice. There are things that God does in your spouse, in your friends, in your family that you don't even notice. It is possible to miss it. And, and the word in the Hebrew, it says now it springs up. It's literally the word sprouting. Do You know what happens when a seed sprouts first? There's the little thing that happens under the ground. You, can't, you, may, you may have walked on one this morning not knowing it was there yet. In some of your lives, that's happening. God planted a seed, something's happening, and you may be completely unaware that it is springing up already, and the Lord is saying, don't you see that? How many of you like hiking? Raise your hand. That's not proud. Raise your hand like a proud hiker. Okay, so when we have droughts, it is a pretty horrible thing. It's a difficult thing. Some of us have to put rocks in our front yards instead of grass. I know it's difficult. But the beautiful part of getting through the drought is when the rain comes and you go out for that first hike and the flowers are just going nuts. That's this verse. It's springing up. that's sprouting up in our lives, this new thing that God is doing. And that is what's happening in some of your lives. And what the Lord wants to do in all of our lives is spring up something brand new. And the hope is that we will actually notice what he's doing. But here's the thing. You have power to keep it down. You have power to keep the soil of your life so crusty that nothing can break out. So God may be desiring, hoping, for you to move into this new thing, this new season, this, this new freedom. And you're like, mm, yeah, I, don't, nah, I don't know if I really... And there are a lot of reasons for that, because sometimes we know that when God works, he changes stuff. We're like, I don't want him to change stuff. I'm perfectly comfortable. Comfort is not a positive biblical concept. It's not. Whenever comfort is talked about in the Bible, it's negative. We have grown comfortable. We have grown lukewarm. There's something wrong with us when we get comfortable, when we're not open to change and newness in our lives. Did you hear that? Okay. So receive that and just say, Lord, am I comfortable? Am I crusty? You know, do you want to do something in me? And, and I just need to like say, okay, I'm going to back off my control. I'm going to release. I'm going to trust. I'm going to show a little faith here. When God does a new thing, it reminds me that he's alive, that he's not far away, that he's not distant. It reminds me that he loves me. I want to welcome the newness. How many of you are parents? 
when you give new stuff to your kids, is it because you're mean? I mean, maybe there are exceptions, but you want to bless your kids, right? You want to give them new, new something so that, so that they are really, you know, f- feeling taken care of, feeling like you love them and you're crazy about them. So what's the new thing that God wants to do in you? Maybe you've been thinking about it already. If you haven't been, you have not been paying attention. What's the new thing? that God wants to do in you. Ask him. Is it a new attitude? Is it a new hope? Maybe you have given up hope. You, you just wake up in the morning like, whatever. And the Lord wants to rebirth something in you of like, oh, hope's alive again. Maybe he wants to give you new relationships. Maybe he wants to give you a new attitude. There's a song about that, I think, right? He wants to give you a new attitude, a new way of looking at life, a new spark, a spunk, a, a little snap in your step that you haven't had for a long time. Maybe he wants you to go deeper with him. Maybe you, you've just become pretty comfortable in your relationship with him, and he's like, I'm the creator of the universe. Do you know how deep you can go into relationship with me? There, there ain't no end to that. And he wants to welcome you in to go as far as you can possibly go into him, and you're just going to scratch the surface of who he is. But for some of you, he wants to welcome you into that whole new place. And it's time to say yes. Notice these these next verses. It says, I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland or in the desert, it says. He's not only going to make a way. Guess what? Jesus says he is the way. Jesus does not just say, hey, good luck. I'm going to send you out on this path. I hope that all works out. Right? He is the way, and he goes with you on the way, and he is the living water. He's that stream. So he doesn't just send you out in a dry, barren place to just, you know, to suffer and dry out. He says, no, I'm going to continue to give you sustenance. I'm going to sustain you. I'm going to take care of you. I am that living water. A life without Jesus is doomed to repetition and monotony because it does not have the newness that he wants to bring. He said he came to give us new life. If we never jump on the new life train, guess what? Our lives go like this because there's not this growing newness and this relationship and and welcoming the creator into us to keep creating so why are most of us not jumping in? Why are most of us just saying, yeah, that new thing may be over there, or I hear what you're talking about, but eh. Or, hey, I want that, but it's not happening. The verses actually tell us. And I found something shocking as I, as I was reading this. Uh, it says in verse 22, yet you did not call on me. And look at this next part. You have been weary of me. I never saw that in Scripture before. God, the lover of your soul, the person who created you, says, you're tired of me, aren't you? Does that blow your mind? It blows my mind, and it hurts my heart. God is willing to be vulnerable with you. 
He's willing to say, I want to do a new thing in you. Will you have me? Seriously. He is not a bully who will zap you around with lightning every time you go the wrong way. He is, instead of that, a lover who woos you to himself. And he desires to do new things in you. And he says, will you ask? Will you seek? Or will you be weary of me? The people in Isaiah's time had stopped asking. They got pretty comfortable with the golden age of how it was. And they went to church and they went home. And they went to church and they went home. And they memorized more scripture than any of you have. And then they didn't get this new thing because they kind of gave up on it all. And Isaiah challenged them and he said, guys, wake up. God wants to do a new thing, a brand new thing, an unprecedented thing in you. Will you perceive it? Will you recognize the time of his coming? That's the challenge for us. So I want to lead us in a prayer. And I think there are three different uh, applications that you can grab from these verses. And the first one is this. Maybe you are tired and you are bored and you want a new thing, but you're kind of like, I got to wake up first. Like you feel like you're asleep spiritually. The Lord wants to wake you up today and invite you to have a new relationship with him. The second thing is this. Maybe you have been like on the outside and watching this whole Christianity thing happening and you want that life that other people have, but you've never accessed it. And you're like, I want, I want to be one of you guys. And maybe that's why the Lord has brought you here to join this family of faith, to have this new life that he promises. And you know what's great? He has given us each other to figure out how it works. If you try to do this all on your own, it ain't going to work. He has given us, it's called the body of Christ, the fellowship of believers. We need each other in order to follow him well. And here's the last one. Maybe you need to believe again and have eyes to see his work. Maybe he's already working and you're not seeing it. And you, and you need some faith to step in and say like, yes, Lord, I, I want to see what you're doing. So I want to ask everybody to just bow your heads. We're going to pray for a second. And if you are tired, if you are bored, if you feel like, man, nothing is new. It has been so long since God has worked in my life. Just ask him right now. Just say, Lord, thank you for bringing me here today. Thank you for these verses from Isaiah, from your prophet. And I receive them as my own. And I ask you, Lord, to wake me up spiritually. Would you do a new thing in me? Would you do an unprecedented thing in me? And Lord, I don't want to look back on the golden days and the glory days because I believe the golden days are ahead. Help me to step into that new life with you. Now, maybe you've never had that life and you're, you're intrigued and you're interested and you want this, this fellowship, this life with Jesus. You want to have communion with him. So maybe he brought you here for that reason today. And, and, and right now, as best you understand, you can accept him, you can receive him, you can begin this relationship with him. You can say yes to him. 
And, and right now, in your, in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit, just say, Jesus, I believe that you're real, that you're loving, that you're powerful. Uh, as best I understand, you came on a cross to take away the distance that I feel from you. And I ask that you take away my sin, my wrong, my lack, the, 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 um, the mud and mire of my life. And I ask that you would make me clean and that you would welcome me into your presence. And God, I believe that you want a whole new me. Make me new in you. And Lord, I commit today to join this body of believers, and I commit today to be part of this team. And I, Lord, Lord, I ask that you would allow us to grow in you together. And maybe you're this last person who isn't even looking for what God's doing. Maybe you're too busy, maybe you're too distracted, maybe you're doubting, and say, Lord, would you give me your eyes? Give me eyes to see your work in me. Help me to see the sprout of what's coming just under the surface, and help me, Lord, to get out of your way and allow you to work, and help me, Lord, to not doubt your work in others. May I not doubt the work of your Holy Spirit, the work of your grace, the work of your love, what you want to do in and through and around me, Give me new eyes to see it. In Jesus' name, amen. And I want to read these verses one last time for us, and I want to ask the band to pop up while I'm doing this. Focus on every word as I read it. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Amen?